Smith will keep it. He dies for the end zone. He's got a touchdown. Kansas City in one of the greatest comebacks in Chiefs kingdom history. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Car out of the shotgun. Looks left. Throws a lob for Michael Crowtree. Caught it. He caught it. He caught it. The Raiders have the lead. <laughs> It's the T.C. Martin Show. Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I needed that. Starting to feel like football now. Hey, that was a good start. Hey, that was a good start. We're going to finish for you, all right? The doctor is now in. And a good Friday afternoon to T.C. Martin Show coming to you live from the cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, the place to be here on the Stripper, really anywhere in Las Vegas. As we get ready for a wild sports weekend, we got Major League Baseball. That's right. We got not one, but two game sixes, one tonight, one tomorrow. The ALCS will take place after we get off the air here tonight. 508 first pitch. It is the Houston Astros trying to close out the Boston Red Sox. 508 first pitch, like we said. And uh, it'll be Garcia on the mound for Houston going against Nathan Ivaldi for the Red Sox. We will see if this series can get prolonged or if my man Dusty Baker is pouring champagne into his shoe. And uh, he's drinking out of a shoe like he did after the uh, uh, ALDS. So we'll see about that. And we've got plenty of college football, NFL to talk about as well, too. Trevor Match is going to join us, the 15-time Emmy Award winner. Obviously, uh, he's part of our Best Bet segment each and every Friday. Love hearing from Trevor from ESPN. And uh, then, of course, Matthew Holt will join us from U.S. Integrity, too. Matt will be breaking down the NFL and college football in hour number two. So in the meantime, you got yours truly, T.C. Martin here at the Cosmopolitan with our gracious host, Double B, Brian Benowitz, the VP of Casino Operations. Uh, and, of course, Handy handicapper extraordinaire also horse owner hockey guru vgk hashtag and pickleball champion of the 15 over division oh yeah 15 over for yeah, sure like yeah, yeah. Did, Maybe, did i did i, 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 I have to go to, did i get all the resume did i leave anything off uh, that was pretty good tc i feel pretty good i don't know if i'll be able to get my head through the door here when i leave uh, uh but another fantastic weekend here in las vegas really uh, uh you sprinkle in we've got Two Billy Idol shows yeah. here this weekend. Uh, we have a whiskey event on Saturday night up at the uh, Boulevard Pool uh, for people who are in town uh, and, and notice uh, some people that are dressed a little unusual. Uh, EDC is here, so yes. we welcome them back. for uh, They haven't been here for about 18 months. So yeah. uh, it's really an exciting time to be here, not to mention unbelievable sports. Proud Pedro's running tomorrow. Th- uh, third race at Santa Anita. He should probably win, but, you know, Probably low price, just about up your alley there. Too, uh, yeah. so. What are we looking at? Six to five? What are we no, talking he's about? three to one morning line. I think we'll get that down about two to one. Okay. Maybe maybe five to two if you're lucky. So, although you with your bankroll, <laughs> you might drive him right down to that seven to five figure. You know. Hey, my, my bankroll is kind of spoken <laughs> for right now until until the Astros can get to the World Series. My That's bankroll true. Sp- spoken for. Listen, I listened to your uh, uh, interview yesterday on Mattress Mac. That was fantastic stuff, TC. And uh, you know, I, I want to shout out to Gina. 
It was great to see her yesterday at lunch at the Henry. I hadn't seen her in quite some time. She's been through quite an ordeal uh, with her uh, foot Achilles and all the, the ridiculous amount of surgery. So it was great to see her. She's uh, always got a great attitude and a lot of fun to be around. And uh, she knows more sports than I do, so it's always good to <laughs> chat with her. Excellent. I appreciate that. Yes, uh, uh, lunch at the Henry yesterday, or call it brunch, call it whatever you want. Uh, one of the fantastic uh, spots here in the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. And, you know, when I, when I see that Henry Burger, Brian, I, it's hard for me to get off that because I do go with rotation. When it's breakfast time, I'm all about that fantastic French toast that uh, is about uh, two and a half pounds <laughs> that, that no human being can consume at, at one sitting. I mean, it has to be shareable. It is a, it's a shareable item, definitely one for the table. Uh, I went with corned beef hash yesterday, which yes. uh, I had never had there. It was Awesome! It, looked it was awesome. There was I, an I really egg enjoyed on that it. Plate too. Was that a poached egg? Yeah, it was. It was, it was two uh, fried eggs. I two went with fried eggs. You can do them poached. Yeah. I went with fried and I like them nice and runny. And then uh, you know I got for the. I saw Gina had a side of bacon, so I had to quickly get a side I of bacon that. in there to I, slide in there. I, I, I saw, I saw it that. It was delicious. Move. You know the, the toast is in town. He's a huge corned beef hash fan. Is so it? I would. I got to bring him over there. I would think the toast would be an actually French toast guy myself. True. No, but he's a, he's a corned beef hash guy with a little toast sprinkled in there and. Uh, I had him out on the pickleball courts today. It was uh, real nice to be out there uh, enjoying the beautiful Las Vegas uh, sunshine this morning. Yeah. Double B is up at about 4.30 in the morning. He's out there doing his bike ride. Is is not just you know your bike ride around the neighborhood. No, this guy's on like a, you know, uh, doing a 13-mile bike ride, and then he gets ready for pickleball. Then he comes into work. Yes. Yeah, the 13 is, is a little light. Though. Oh, like little. I, I usually try to 30 miles about. And people, and people are saying, okay, what's this guy talking about? He's talking about the toast. He's got this and that. We've got, we've got Jerry the Dentist in town. We've got Miss Saskatchewan. We've got uh, Canada well-represented. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, obviously, with a couple games this weekend, including tonight. We'll, di- we'll dive into that. So, yes, uh, you know, everyone has nicknames uh, on, on the show, as we know. And uh, our loyal listeners uh, from, from, from parts everywhere uh, come down here to the Cosmopolitan to check us out on Fridays. And uh, uh, we appreciate uh, everybody. Speaking of Jerry the Dentist. Yes. Here's his slate that he did. Last night he was in Winnipeg at the Winnipeg Jets game. Uh, first home game in five, with fans in 561 days. Wow. And so uh, they were good. Uh, Kyle Connor was fantastic. The 5-1 victory over the Ducks. He's on a plane. He just arrived here. Uh, he's going tonight to the uh, uh, Vegas Idol? Golden Knights game. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow's Billy Idol. <laughs> That's Sunday we get up early. We yeah. head up to Lot In. You'll be see us in Lot In, right? Yeah. Uh, for the, the tailgate, uh, the tailgate with, uh, with Fu. He's uh, yeah. he's excited to have everybody there. Hosted by Silver and Black Charlie. Exactly. Right. And then we do uh, Raiders game. Come back. Quick costume change. Knights game that night. <laughs> so uh, he's he's a maniac. I mean that's that's uh, that's an impressive slate. He's a maniac. You're a maniac. We're all maniacs. This is yeah. what we do, right? It's 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 Sports Haven USA. That's right. It is Sports Haven, and, uh, and we've got a good crowd here early for a yeah. for a Friday afternoon before things get going. A couple of college games tonight, and of course, uh, as you said, uh, your Astros probably wrap it up tonight, don't you think? Hard to say, man. I mean, I thought the Braves would wrap it up last night too against the Dodgers, and that didn't happen. And again, uh, you know, you would think. The way the Dodgers are going to trot out Joe Kelly and do the the opener slash reliever re- routine, where you know you're going to get you know six or seven pitchers going, and then the Braves had Max Fried, who has been basically phenomenal, and then he gets you know battered all over the park. 11-2, Dodgers win, so they extend the series. Now everyone gets on planes, go back to Atlanta. You just never know in baseball. 
there is never a series lead that is safe. And if you go to the history of these two series, you go to the Dodgers-Braves, you go back to last year, same situation. Well, it, it, the Braves are ahead three games to one. The Dodgers ended up winning, win, winning in the World Series after that. Atlanta sports in general has been known for choking. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think the Patriots uh, came back from, I think, 28-3. to three. Yeah, uh, I was counting my money on that one. That didn't yeah. quite happen real yeah. well for me. And the toast was at that game. He was very disappointed. Yeah. So, uh, again, in the Astros, last time they were in the World Series, a couple of years ago against the Washington Nationals, same situation. They went home three games to two. They won all three games in Washington, games three, four, and five. They come back to Houston, home field advantage, games six and seven. They lost them both. Mm. So, and, you know, my good friend Dusty Baker, he's been in this situation before with the Giants, with the Cubs, where, you know, they, they just needed one game to close it out. So, uh, you, you never say, I, as much as uh, I like to say, oh, yeah, it's a done deal, it's going to happen, this and that, I, I've kind of been a little bit more reserved here in this postseason because you never know what's going to happen. The toast did remind me last year, though, in their choke, uh, that was at a neutral site yes. at, in Arlington. That so now true. they're going back to Atlanta. And, That's uh, true. Maybe they'll have a little better chance, yeah. not that uh, they've traditionally I, done real well. I expect both home teams to win, the Braves and the Astros in Game 6. But, you know, you never want to get to a Game 7 because at that point in time, anything can happen. And then the bullpens, you know, starters come in as relievers, and, you know, it's it's crazy. You would have been proud of me. I had that baseball game relegated to the corner on my picture-in-picture picture, uh, with the Jets game on, obviously. for you know, It was like 4-2, to two and I like that. It's distracting, so I put another hockey game on. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I squitted it at 4-2. So There it is. All right. Double <laughs> B, our, our hockey guru, no question here. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Trevor Match is going to join us. Matt Holt a little bit later on. We'll start breaking down the college football, the uh, NFL side as well, too. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the Mattress Mac interview. That is up on the website, on the homepage. Uh, check that out. And the people that aren't familiar with Mattress Mac, uh, Jim McAvale, who is a, a Houston uh, icon, a legend, he owns a chain of gallery furniture stores, but does so much for the community there. But he is known for betting large amounts of money uh, to offset his promotions he does for gallery furniture. And you buy $3,000 worth of furniture at, uh, at, at one of his establishments, and if the Astros win, you get a full refund and you get all that money back. So what does he do? He comes out here to Las Vegas. He comes to the Cosmopolitan. He comes to, to various other books, too. And uh, he bets anywhere from 2 to 3 to $4 million. And he's got uh, $3.6 million on the Astros to win it all uh, to basically hedge his business bet because he's going to be giving away over $2.5 million of free furniture if the Astros do win. And like you said in the interview, it's, it's a great promotion. But this guy loves sports. He loves his community. He loves his home team. And this guy is at, at every Astro game. And uh, he's that way, too, with, with the Texans, the Rockets, and everything there in Houston. But did you notice in the interview, he t- I asked him, what was your most satisfying bet? Yes, I did notice. It, yeah. I did notice. It was and, and Vince Young. I thought Vince about Young. you because we Vince have Young. talked about that game yes, a lot. Yes, that was, that was thank you, Petey. Petey Carroll. Right, exactly. Petey Carroll mismanaged that game, and uh, you got Reggie, bench on, or Reggie Bush, uh, Bush on, the, on the bench. Right. Which, by the way, was his – I love that was his position he played at Texas, the bench. Yeah, yeah. That's what Jim McElvain said yesterday. Yeah, he had a really a charming yeah. interview. And uh, for, for those of you who don't know, you really just see the headlines of what he does. Right. He's a marketing genius, and he's so 
active in the Houston community, uh, it really would uh, you know, behoove you if you didn't listen to it yesterday to listen to that interview. It was uh, really interesting. He loves his hometown teams. Yeah, so. good stuff. Yeah, Go on the website, tcmartinshow.com. And, as, of course, the best bets up there under that page as well, too. So you can check that out, and we'll be unveiling those best bets next hour. Our three best college plays, three best NFL plays for the weekend. All right, uh, Vegas Golden Knights tonight against Edmonton, and we know that when the Oilers come to town, there's a lot of orange, a lot of blue and orange that, that come to T-Mobile Arena. And, uh, you know, we, we always talk about Connor McDavid being the best player in the league, but he's just never had any surrounding help. And this Edmonton team has struggled. They've been disappointing. But to see them get off to a 4-0 start, is this finally the year that, that this could be, you know, Edmonton's run? No. Okay. No, they don't have the deep men to do it. Uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, the Sharks are 3-0. They're going to turn the corner. You know, it depends on who they play and where the yeah. matchups were. I mean, I watched the Winnipeg game against uh, Minnesota the other day. Minnesota got crazy bounces and then got a, a, a returned uh, a goal disallowed on an empty netter at the end. So it was just things do happen. Uh, I don't think they have the defensive depth to be there. Uh, Dreisaitl and um, McDavid, they're worth the price of admission just to go in and watch them play. Um, I don't think it's Edmonton's year. I think maybe they make the playoffs. Um, we'll see. Uh, the Pacific does look like it's a little better, though, than people had originally thought. Golden Knights, uh, one and two. Again, the they opened the season against the Seattle Kraken, and they jumped out to a three nothing lead. And then they had to hang on in that in that one, mm-hmm. you know, four uh, three. Then they went to to play LA and the Kings, and it was terrible. It was a stinker. Non yeah, competitive. I, I would say yeah. it's the worst game they've played right. in, in four year, four games, in four years, and three games. Right. It was. But yeah. then they bounced. They looked really good the other night against an exceptionally talented team in st louis and they really play, they played their hearts out they just couldn't find the the, the goal right. 43 shots and couldn't get it passed all right the action at the fortress tonight seven o'clock uh vegas golden knights taking on the edmonton oilers all right so uh college football we got plenty to talk about not a lot of great marquee no. matchups no. on the card and we're going to dive into that with trevor manich here uh, very very soon and the nfl this is a week too where you look when you're looking at the board you're not going to see that full board of, of you know, 100-plus games because there are teams that are off with college. And the NFL, actually, four teams have buys this week as well, too. And, uh, you know, we got a couple big point spreads out there. And, again, on both Saturday and Sunday, really not a lot of marquee matches. But that does not mean that you can't make some money on these games on Saturday and Sunday. No, I, I thought there's some intriguing games in college. Uh, there's so many huge lines in the pros, yeah. uh, which was – and then there's people on their bye week or teams on their bye week. So uh, it was hard to come up with some picks in the, in the pros. And even in college, I actually only circled one game when I went through it. And I, I put some, you know, notes by some other ones, but uh, – uh, struggled, but came up with the three. I've been struggling this year, as you know, in the best bets. This is the week we turn it around, though, TC. Is it? You're not going to relegate yourself to totals, though, are you? And no, I, did, I took the one total. looked like it was going to go flying over. Then they scored like six points in the second half. I go, yeah. oh, I don't know. This is, this, this is why I don't bet the totals. Yeah, there you go. We finally got the G-man off the totals there. Yes. But, but, but now we got Trevor Manich on the totals. I mean, he... <laughs> Trevor, Trevor. Trevor said the greatest thing when he said that... that uh, Buffalo will will haunt their soul or something yeah. like that. Yeah. When, he, when he told them that yeah. they harm their soul. Yes. That's what it was. Right? Oh, he just, he just their, and he nailed it. He nailed it. One, I don't know. They won by forty. Yeah. Or whatever that, that was. That <laughs> right. was that was impressive. So Trevor will join us a little bit later on as we look at that. Uh, last night, <laughs> we were at the game last night, the UNLV San Jose State game, and I'm just like I'm shaking my head. I, I'm laughing because, first of all, Thursday night football mm-hmm. and an eight o'clock start. Wow, that was it's late. absurd. It, it really is absurd. 
And they reported 19,000 that they had at Legion Stadium last night. It, there, there was not 19,000 there. I, I don't know. I mean, if you want to count the vendors and the parking attendants and I, I don't know, you know, the cleanup crew, you know, maybe you had nine or 10,000. Maybe. I have no idea. But, um, you know, San Jose State is a team that, that came in here. They're the defending Mountain West champs. Uh, they lost their quarterback, Nick Starkle, the transfer, you know, from Arkansas a couple of years ago. And uh, they beat UNLV by 17 points last year. It was a very short line, and San Jose State was only favored by five. So the naked eye, you're thinking, i got to take San Jose State with this. And UNLV, they have played very, very well in just about every game, uh, losing basically by one score. But this is a team that is still, as we sit here today, still winless in the Marcus Arroyo era. That means the last two years. Did not win a game last year. And they're on the verge baby, uh, of, of not winning a game, a game uh, this year. And they lost to a team and, uh, in San Jose State that was, was banged up. Did not have a great quarterback. And UNLV had the game in hand and blew a 14-point lead uh, and, and gave the game away. Had a, had a chance at the end. And if you're a, a rebel player or a coach or you're a fan, you just have to continue to shake your head. And a lot of people thought, well, you're going to be playing the Legion Stadium. Well, what a great home field advantage is. Well, no, it's not a, an advantage at all when you're playing in front of, you know, 50,000 empty seats. And, again, when you're recruiting, it, it's a nice toy to point to, but it's still not going to get you these great players. So I don't know what the answer is here. Uh, people here in Vegas are very, very frustrated about the program because literally – you can actually say this is probably the worst Division One football team in the country. No, no, no. I don't think it's a stretch. Connecticut still plays. Okay, well, if they if they match those two teams up, what do you put the line at? I put UNLV seven. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean Connecticut's dreadful. <laughs> However, you know UNLV's been in games, but you know that's not enough. Yeah, it's not enough. Right. <laughs> it's been discouraging to see uh, where they are as a uh, as a team. Um, you you would hope they'd get that win. They really need to get over the hump. And they haven't done it yet. So, um, ah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I guess this year's kind of a write-off now. Well, yeah. But they got to get a win. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know where it comes. Yeah. I, I really don't know where, where it comes. And next week, they got to go up to, to Reno to play Nevada. So, that that could be tough. So, uh, now that will we'll be tough. But, but again, yeah, <laughs> you know, going to the game there. And, you know, if you go into Allegiant Stadium just to get in the stadium and pay a, a relatively cheap ticket price, it's great. Because you, you still got the same food fare that you do at Raider games and everything. Uh, you definitely don't have to hassle with parking, which, which is great. And it is a fun time to go to experience it. You just wish that the team would be a little bit more competitive. Well, you know, I'm going to Michigan-Ohio State game. I think that might be a little more uh, interesting this year. Uh, you know, it, it's not a, it's, it has never you know you're doing really right been now? a football season. You know, you know what you're doing right now? I, you're that? harming my soul. That's what, that's what you just did. You're sitting there and you're throwing that, I mean, hey, I, by the way, I'm, go, I'm, I'm going to see, I'm going to the big house to see yeah. Ohio State-Michigan, only the greatest rivalry in college football. You're harming my soul. I, I apologize. I, you know, it's tough to be a Rebel uh, uh, football fan, and, yeah. and hopefully they, they turn the corner. I mean, they've got a beautiful stadium. They've upgraded their facilities. The Mountain West is still the Mountain West, yes. but there are some good right. teams in there. And, uh, you know, there's no reason why they can't compete in that league. There really isn't. They should be able to re- recruit against the teams in that league and be, at, at, at worst, a, a 500 ball club. Right. And so, uh, you know, I will give them another year. I mean, I don't think we're going to get rid of this coach after this year. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's weird the way they get rid of coaches now, TC. We yeah. talked about it yesterday. Yes. Uh, LSU gets rid of Ogeron, kind of. 
you're not going to be next year, but you're going to finish coaching this year. I, I don't, I don't know how to grasp that. I, I know you talked to you said you talked to Houston Nutt about it. Yeah. But I, if you can expand on that, I just I can't yeah. get my hands around why you would do that as an organization or a university. Well, are you are you are you asking why are you getting rid of him or why are you no, why, letting if, him if, finish the if, season? Why are you letting him finish the okay. season? If he's not good enough to coach next right. year, why are you letting him finish the season? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I guess you know from, from their standpoint, it's like okay, they really they kind of still feel that. Ed Ogeron is one of theirs and one of their family and that sort of thing, but they just they they don't like where the leadership is going right now. And what there's an element here too that not a whole bunch of people are talking about, but there are some investigations that are going on regarding Ogeron and well, a what sexual a shocker. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, a potential sexual assault thing and that sort of thing. And I don't think they want to they want they don't want to jump in and fire him. And say, okay, this is for cause or whatever. But uh, according to LSU, it's like. Okay, we're going to go in a different direction. We're going to take our time and find the coach. And instead of just, you know, having chaos and an uproar within their locker room, especially coming off their most impressive victory last week where they beat Florida, who was within the top, you know, uh, 20 last week, and they beat them, that 49-42 game. And obviously the people in Baton Rouge are split because they love Ogeron as his personality and he was good enough to win a national championship, you know, two years ago. So it is a slippery slope. They're like, what do we do with this guy? We know he's beloved in the community. We think that he can coach. But you know what? We need to go in a different direction. Maybe we need to get somebody who's a little bit better X's and O's. So let's take our time and now let's let's uh, not just get rid of him now. Let's let him finish out the season. But what that does is just it it upsets everything in uh, that that team with the coaches, the assistant coaches. Now say, hey, I, I'm probably not going to have a job, so I got to start you know searching for 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 jobs mm-hmm. for next year. Get a head a start on that. And then players are thinking, like, am I going to go in the transfer portal now uh, or, or what? So it's it's chaos. I looked at this game this week, LSU against Mississippi, and I love to play, you know, Ole Miss. But who knows? Maybe this team, they're thinking, Brian, that they love Coach O so much, which the players do, that, hey, they're going to they're gonna fight hard for him. And if we get rid of him, it's just going to have maybe players dropping off the team. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I looked at this game, and I go, yeah. well, I don't know what the attitude of these teams is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ole Miss has got some great talent, yeah. great offense. It's a good year for uh, Ole Miss, yeah. And uh, LSU is a dreadful ball club. Mm-hmm. They did beat they did beat LSU, I mean, Florida, uh, Florida yeah. but they, they embarrassed themselves against uh, Mississippi, or was it Mississippi State? No, they beat Mississippi they, they beat, State. Yeah, that's one that they, they Kentucky. They yeah, yeah, Kentucky. Kentucky was a, a humiliating loss. Uh, I saw them personally at the Rose Bowl. They were horrible. Yeah. They were a horrible football yep. team, and they look weak and they look soft. Now, I've never been an Ogeron fan at all. I know that he flukishly won a national championship, right. and congratulations to the Bayou faithful for that. But I've never forgiven him for the way he muscled out David Cutcliffe in Mississippi. It was, you know, the year after Eli left, and then, of course, he got them on probation. So the fact that he's already in some sort of scandal at LSU, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. You know, these, uh, well, I know they're Tigers, but a leopard can't change their spots, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. So uh, I, 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 I would have fired him. I don't know why they, they keep him around. Uh, make, make somebody an interim head coach and then go for your search. And that's what uh, USC decided to do. You yeah. know, they went early on and went, went that direction. But, again, we've seen college programs go in this direction before. They, they, they do one of two things. Or, one, they know they're going to fire on the guy, and they just don't come out publicly. But I don't think LSU was going to say anything publicly. It was Ogeron who came out and said it after the Kentucky loss. Oh, he did. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was, that was out before the Florida win that he was not coming back? Yeah, um, I thought it was I, this I, week. Well, no, I'm sorry. Take that back. 
it was after the Florida game, but he said the determination was made after the Kentucky game. So they, it was quiet for a week. Oh. And then after they won, everyone's real happy. And he goes, well, I'm not coming back. Well, when was this uh, decision made, they asked him, and he said it was after the Kentucky game. <laughs> then he was asked point blank, are you going to come back and coach somewhere next year? And he goes, no. So which tells me that maybe some of those allegations could be brewing somewhere, and he knows about it. So, uh, you know, a lot of things that we that we don't know and a lot a lot of people aren't talking about. Yeah, I'm not a coach of him. I'm not a, yeah. I'm not a big fan of firing coaches in the middle of the season, no, to be I totally agree. honest. I, I totally agree. Let, but, let him finish out. He, but yeah. but if you let the let it play out or yeah. or get rid of him. Right. One or the other. What, what if they went on a nice little, little streak, a little four uh, four or five game win streak to, to end the season? They did play well last week. I mean, they still gave up 42 points, but they scored 49 and they are playing better now and we know the players do like playing for them. Well, they did run the ball, which they hadn't done and Florida's got a good run to you, so right. I, I was surprised. But uh, you you like you said, you saw LSU up close and personal earlier on at the Rose Bowl against uh, UCLA, and UCLA took it to them. Mm-hmm. All right, speaking of UCLA, we're going to uh, start handicapping that game against Oregon, a huge Pac-12 game coming up, and we're going to do that with our good friend from ESPN, Trevor Maddox, coming up next. It is the T.C. Martin Show. Where? At the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on this fabulous football-slash-baseball Friday. Hey, this is Mia from Saskatchewan. No matter where we are, we listen to the best sports show in Las Vegas, the T.C. Martin Show. Miss Saskatchewan, live. There, there she goes. Now she's, now she's cutting promos for the show. She's cutting rejoiners. Wow. Where is she today? Well, she's on a lightning machine, of oh, course. Oh, yeah, lightning, lightning, yes. <laughs> Lightning. She might pop in a little bit later. I love the, the the other day she says, oh, I look for you in Click. I didn't see you. Now, Click is relatively small. Yes. Relatively small place. Yes. I said, well, I was there in a bright red VGK yeah. retro jersey for an hour and a half. So I must have missed you. Yeah. I don't know how you missed me. Yeah. Impossible to yeah. miss double B in Click with that jersey. Especially with your entourage as well, too. Yeah, we had, we had a good time. We had a good time. It's, uh, you know what? It, it, it's great to have it, uh, live sports back. I mean, it's great to have the Raiders. It's great to have the, the, the VGK. And it's great yep. to watch all over the country people enjoying themselves at, at, at these various events. All right. Speaking of fun, uh, our next guest, our regular from ESPN, Trevor Maddich, joins us right now. And so I get up this morning, and like Double B gets up at 4.30, and, and he's off to his bike ride, his pickleball, and all that sort of thing. And, of course, he has this horrendous habit of texting me like at 6.30 of like, you know, I can't remember what it was. Oh, you're talking about the Mattress Mac interview, yeah. which was great. And I appreciate that. So now I'm up for the morning. So what do I do? I immediately turn on ESPN. And who do I see? Trevor. Trevor Maddich. Perfect. Trevor breaking down that that, that Michigan defense. He's doing it on uh, on SportsCenter. Uh, the X's and O's, no one better than Trevor Maddox. Trev, what's going on, brother? Hey, TC. I'm great. How are you doing? We're doing great, man, and thank you for waking me up this morning. Yeah, you need to turn your phone off. <laughs> I just I, I turned on ESPN, boom, there's Trevor in my face. Yeah, if it's that important and somebody's texting you that early in the morning, then they will drive over and knock on your window. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't throw anything through the window at him. Yeah, I got, I got, I got double B uh, on on my phone texting me. I got Trevor Maddich and on my you know sixty inch screen, uh, you know breaking down the Michigan defense. Well done, my friend. Too really, I really loved your segment on the Sports Center this morning. I appreciate that, and I will tell you what, if you look over the other side of the ball, the Michigan offense, they're getting fun to watch. DC, you don't normally. Think of Michigan football and entertaining as words in the same sentence, right? True. But all of a sudden this year, they've got really good skill. They're doing some pretty amazing things. And Jim Harbaugh, with the play calling and the style of offense he's running, even though it's still pound, 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 
he's calling some plays that are innovative and getting inside of defenders' heads. And I'll tell you what, this Michigan team seems to be playing a lot more loosely. They're playing with a lot more fun in their game. And that makes everybody over there a lot better. And it hasn't been that way for a long time. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Brian's here, Double B. He's he's going to the big house for the Michigan-Ohio State game here in a few weeks. He's he's all excited. And plus, again, you oh, wow. know, yeah, he's got his, Wait, he's got, he's got his, daughter, his, his daughters in the student section there. Right oh, so what, you're going to dress up like a student, and you're going to go, what, you take your shirt off and paint it scarlet? And is that how you're going to sneak in there in the student section? Uh, no, no, no student section for me. Yeah, and, and, and no scarlet for him. I mean, come on, he's, no he's, blue, he's blue and gold all, right, all the way. That's right, that's right. No, no, none of that for me, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So do, does anybody want any part of Northwestern this week at plus 23 and a half? And we've seen, you know, Michigan – uh, you know, struggle. Isn't it thir- 13 and a half? Uh, no, it's 23. And by the way, you're sending me these lines. You're not even close with the lines. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you weren't even. Yeah, well, go, back, go back and set your oh email to goodness. me. Oh, my goodness. I think you're looking at first half lines. Yeah. You're, yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, so I'm, I'm way to, off. I meant to give you a bad time about that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Double B is going, oh, I, I like the Irish this week, minus three. I'm going, oh, what are you looking geez. at? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's bad. i got to flip the flip this thing, thing over. There you go. All right. No so, wonder your record's so good. Yeah, you are. I like yeah. Cincinnati plus 150 against yeah. Navy this week. Yeah. Wow. Uh, anyway, Michigan minus 23 and a half against Northwestern. Trevor, uh, any possible semblance of an upset here? Because Northwestern hasn't been real good. Uh, well, you know, the, the straight analyst line is only Michigan can beat Michigan this week. Right. To answer your question directly, no way. Yeah, exactly. Just no way. Yeah, yeah they're, Northwestern is just completely awful. And Michigan is playing in a style that doesn't fall off very far. You, you can get a high-flying passing offense that can hit the skids once in a while, but they run the ball like 70% of the time. And, you know, the passing offense is good enough to complement that. And so Northwestern can't stop the run, can't stop the pass either. And so, you know, I, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't touch Northwestern on this one unless Michigan is looking forward to Michigan State and they're just trying to take the air out of the ball and just grind out a close win and get out of there. I mean, that that is a possibility. But from a, a standpoint of the two teams matching up, there's no way. All right, so it's a little bit early uh, for bowl talk here. But we do have a bowl game that is being played uh, tomorrow, actually. And uh, it is the psychotic bowl between Wisconsin and Purdue. Please help me figure out both of these teams. <laughs> Purdue is favored by three and a half. They blast Iowa 24-7 at Iowa last week, shocking just about everybody. And uh, in, in Wisconsin, we we don't know what you're going to get with Wisconsin. So, guys, help me out handicapping this game. I, I X the game, but I, I, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out either one of these teams. Well, I, I yeah. personally think oh, Iowa was very fake. Yes. Uh, they, 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 they scored a lot early on, but they were they were getting turnovers. And so, you know, they had a short field or they had a, a, a immediate scores on there. So their offense wasn't very prolific uh, from what I had seen. And then they knocked out the QB at Penn State when they were down 14-3 to and came back and won that game barely. So they were kind of limping in. They were no number two team in the country. Uh, and, I mean, when you're in, the, in conference, you know each other. And so uh, Purdue came up for that game. Iowa's down, and they blast them. And that, that's that's I mean, and Purdue was going to score. Remember the guy was diving for the end zone, and 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 why they do this? I don't get it. In the second quarter, he's sticking the ball out. It comes out of his hand, hits the pylon. Now it's a touchback. I don't know who started coaching that. Yeah. I mean, when I played football, 
you, you, you protected the ball to the ground, you know, and, and if it's the last play of the game, I get it. But yeah. that was ridiculous. But they still won yeah. going away. Trevor, what do you think here? Yeah, I, these two teams are kind of hard to figure out, right, um, in some ways in terms of who's going to show up. I keep on waiting for the Wisconsin offense to, to resurrect itself. But when I say resurrect, I choose that word specifically because the definition of resurrect is to rise from the dead. And that, if the Wisconsin offense shows up, that's kind of what they'll end up doing. But that's why Purdue's offense relatively looks pretty good in this one. They actually score more per game, and they give up fewer points per game, although, in fairness, maybe the best offense that Purdue has faced so far this year is Oregon State. So is it really that good of a defense, or is it a function of the bad teams that they've played? So, you know, this, this has low-scoring game written all over it. It does. And, you know, in the past, I mean, Wisconsin has owned Purdue uh, and, and won rather handily. But, again, you know, Purdue is a, is a slight favorite, you know, in this game. Seems like a little bit of a trap game. I mean, you know, Purdue getting a lot of love for that victory against Iowa. But you figure, okay, they're going to have a little bit of a letdown game. And now, you know, we, we did see Wisconsin be in a similar situation with two weeks ago when they went on the road and they, they blasted an opponent, a conference opponent. And then it, one of my best bets last week, I thought Wisconsin would bury Army. They did, and they had every. They were on their way to doing it. They let Army back in the game, mm-hmm. backdoor cover, and they couldn't put them away. I mean, it, and they, 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 they couldn't even score. What were they in it with 20 points? Yeah, it they, was ridiculous. I can't figure out this Wisconsin team. And, again, with Army being so one-dimensional, Wisconsin, you know, supposedly having the best rush defense in the country, that made no sense to me how that game ended up that close, Trevor. Well, a lot of times what happens is, uh, you know, you start to pull your starters and you put some young guys in there, give them some experience, and against a defense like Army, you know, things can happen late that are kind of weird. Uh, and also, Army Army is not a cheap team, but teams that run that triple option are often known to scramble block on the offensive line. That means that they're into your defensive line's legs a lot, and you want to get your starters out of there. I mean, it's not uncommon for a team to not be able to run practice the week after they play a triple option team because all their defensive linemen have sprained knees and sprained ankles. So that could be part of it. All right, Trevor Manich uh, joins us. We're talking about the college football docket for tomorrow. We'll have our best bets uh, next hour, so definitely hang to, uh, hang tight for that. All right, here we go again. Uh, seems like a weekly theme. We're talking about Clemson, and I don't know why we're talking about him again. Here we go. They're at Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is favored by three and a half. Uh, is this Clemson team just what we've seen, Trevor, or is there will there ever be a time when Clemson becomes the Clemson that we've known for the last decade? Not this year, just because the problems that they have on offense aren't really fixable. They are, um, you know, the, the offensive line is just not experienced enough and not talented enough right now. They're just not ready to play at a high level uh, top to bottom. And then D.J. Uyunglele is just completely freaked out back there. Sometimes, you know, quarterback, sometimes he'll look terrific, but other times he'll freak out because he will drop back to pass. And even if he has time, he'll anticipate that he's not going to have time. And he'll throw the ball inaccurately. He'll throw off schedule. He'll throw to the wrong guy. He'll just miss people, right? And so overall, he doesn't really know where his answers are. If you're a quarterback behind a sketchy offensive line, Okay, well, you have to play the game, right? So you have to be ready. And that means you need to know what to do if it breaks down. So basically, if I get pressure from my left side immediately, where do I go with the ball? If I have to run, 
based on this protection, where's the most likely place I'm going to be able to go? If I get pressure up the middle, same thing. Where's my answer? Where's my answer? And Uyunglele doesn't seem to be thinking in terms of answers right now. Do you think Dr. Pepper is saying we'd like to have our, our, our money back? Because he got that big NIL deal with Dr. Pepper. He's, he's on the Fansville commercials. And then he, I think he was representing another chicken shack, you know, uh, down there in South Carolina as well, too. I mean, this guy was, you know, we were talking about potential, a Heisman candidate here. I mean, this guy has really uh, underperformed. He has, and from a standpoint of sponsors for NIL, with a guy that's young like Lee Ungalele, because he has at least one more year there, probably more, but at least one, you know, they, they don't want to have him all of a sudden break out next year and say, oops, my competitor just scooped him up for NIL. So that's one thing. But Spencer Rattler is a different issue at Oklahoma. Rattler was one of those guys, starting quarterback coming into the season. A lot of people considered him the Heisman frontrunner before the season started. And he had big NIL stuff going on. And now he has been benched for a freshman. And so he's not likely to see the field again as a starter, barring injury to Caleb Williams, the guy who replaced him. And now he's got all these big NIL deals, right? And so what happens there? Because that guy's not going to, you know, he thought he was going to the NFL after this season. Now he might go to the NFL, but not so much, you know? Yeah, Rattler's been horribly disappointing. Yes. Uh, watching him play when they when they took him out of the game against Texas. And that was a whale of a football game. Uh, Williams came in and the team was sparked. Uh, and Texas just choked the game away. Much like they did last week <laughs> against against Oklahoma State. Oh, yeah. That game going into half when yes. he throws that pick six. Yeah. And it turned the whole game around. It did, and, yeah. Uh, it, I think Oklahoma State's the worst undefeated team I've ever seen play football. I got a feeling they're going to be on our best bets. <laughs> I, just, I just have a feeling that game, uh, that team will be involved in our best bets. All right, Trevor, uh, we got to get your thoughts here on Ed Algeron, and we've talked about him before at LSU. Uh, now he's a lame, lame duck uh, coach, even though LSU is saying goodbye to him. Uh, they're going to let him finish out the season. Uh, very treacherous situation where, you know, you've got uh, players now maybe probably thinking about transfer portal. You're talking about assistant coaches that are thinking, well, where am I going to be next year? And now you've got to go into Oxford to play a very good and pretty hot Mississippi team with, with Lane Kiffin, and they got all kinds of life right now. And Ole Miss is an eight-point favorite in this game. And it was a little bit surprising to see the LSU pulled the trigger here, especially after LSU finally looked good last week and beating Florida, which was, what, a top 15 team last week. And, uh, you know, I think, okay, LSU, maybe they're finally getting it together. And now we get the news that their beloved uh, head coach is gone. He's, he's, well, yeah, he's not he, gone. He's still there, but he's gone. He's <laughs> yeah. You know, it, the whole thing is just a big hot mess. Uh, I, I get it that they wanted to part ways with him, and I get why. All the word out of Baton Rouge is that he had lost the team, that he had made a lot of big mistakes in relating to the team when it came to social justice issues and, and just interpersonal relations where he you know would, would get angry and berate players in front of the team. He would throw things. You know, there were all kinds of things where people were looking at him going, okay, I can't get behind this guy. These are the reports coming out of Baton Rouge. So with the – when you lose the locker room, it's really hard to get it back. And according to a number of players, uh, a lot of that had to do with how he handled social justice issues in a way that they considered to be very tone deaf. So they wanted to get rid of him okay. Uh, I, I understand that part because they didn't want to do what USC has done with Clay Helton. I think for, for years, 
USC administration of fans wanted to dump play Helton, but he did just well enough that they didn't want to do it. Not to go. Next thing you know, it lingers for, for too long. If you don't think he's the guy that will get you where you want to go, just make a move. And that's what LSU did. But now keeping him as the head coach is horrifically bad. If you're in the locker room and you get a coach fired, then you know you can take over the team from a standpoint of locker room leadership and then band together as a band of brothers and say, okay, guys, it's us or nothing. Right, But you can't do that now with the coach who's being fired because he doesn't lead you the way you want to be led. All of a sudden, now how do you do that? right? And so they, if they wanted to, to get rid of him midseason, okay. But they should have just wished him well and gotten him out of there. Or they should not have announced it until after the season was over. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yep. I couldn't agree more. I, I don't really get it. LSU Mississippi, and again this Mississippi team, Trevor, pretty good. I mean Matt Corral is a, a, a very good quarterback. How do you see this game unfolding? It's all about Matt Corral. I mean Lane Kiffin has been a little cagey about whether or not he's fully healthy. He might not play. He, he might, you know, he might. And we're not. I'm, I'm not at least hearing a whole lot of information. Maybe you guys have sources that I don't. But if Corral is is injured, if he's banged up, that could affect uh, this game. Actually, it would affect the game. Of course, it would. So this will come down to really two things. One is how does the, the locker room at LSU respond uh, to the whole nightmare going on in Baton Rouge? And the second thing is how healthy is Matt Corral? Because if Corral's healthy, this has blowout written all over it. My only source uh, is actually Knoxville, Tennessee. It was the guy who, uh, who brought a golf ball into the stadium last week and threw it at Lane Kiffin. You, you know that guy? <laughs> what Did a, you know what? What a disgrace. Who brings a golf ball right, to a college right, football right. game? Who brings a golf ball? Yeah, and screws. Yeah. They threw screws onto the field that laid Kiffin, too. Who knows what that might have signified. But in order to throw a golf ball or a screw onto a football field after a college football game, you have to have brought a golf ball and a screw to the game. Right? right? Yeah, That's it's, just... it's disgraceful. It was a, it was a, yeah. a horrific uh, thing. Yeah. Tennessee's got to be embarrassed by that. Yeah. And one of your all-time yeah. favorite stadiums, by the way, that you're touting that I need to go to. Neyland Stadium is off my list now. It's a great stadium to go to. I would not go if they're throwing golf balls and screws and everything else, and all that garbage they threw on the field. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it is a great you, stadium. You go, if you go to Tennessee, wear your headgear and your eye protection. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I, I had a question, too, because uh, there was the uh, uh, really quick termination of the coach from Washington State. Yeah, Nick Rolovich, yeah. And uh, how does, how, have you heard anything up there, Trevor, about how they're impacting that? Because, I mean, he's only been there for half a year, right? I mean, uh, they, they are a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. a year and a half. Year, yeah. So uh, have you heard and anything they, from up there? Then they won their last three games, right? They started yeah. out slowly, and then all of a sudden they came on, and they've been doing really well. I think this has been brewing for a while. I think the administration – was ready for him to continue his stance of not becoming vaccinated. And when the dates rolled through that were the deadlines, they just went ahead and made the move that they needed to make based on what they were doing. I think, you know, they've got a big game against BYU this week. And and this is another place where we'll see what the locker room leadership at Washington State is like because they were a team that was on the rise, but all of a sudden now they have a big old hand grenade thrown into the middle of their program. Uh, and it's not just the head coach. They've lost about four assistants as well. And so there's a big disruption at Washington State. And, and, how, and I can't say how that will affect the game. All I know is that it will either be really good for Washington State or it will be really bad. But it won't be neutral. Yeah, I, I'm thinking it's going to be bad personally. And uh, you're also facing a fairly angry BYU team. 
that had loftier expectations that suddenly uh, kind of the wheels have fallen off. So I think they want to bounce back in a big effort here. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Brian. The, the BYU lost two in a row. Mm-hmm. And one of those games, I got Baylor was reasonable. But then they follow that up with a loss, and, and that, I mean, it, it, oh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, Baylor was reasonable. The Boise State before Baylor, that was the loss that I think they, they really needed to have back. Yeah, well, they, I mean, they just gave that game away with all those turnovers inside the, the 20. It was unbelievable. Okay. All right, Trevor Mads yeah. joins us. Brian Benowitz here at live at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Let's uh, talk about uh, a team that you're very familiar with, Double B, your alma mater, the UCLA Bruins. They're playing Oregon, Pac-12 battle here. Uh, you know, Oregon, they've got tons of talent. You know, Trevor has talked about this team uh, from the beginning of the year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And now UCLA is a one-point favorite at the Rose Bowl here. Still not a big DTR fan. Uh, I like the talent that Oregon has here. Uh, Trevor, how do you handicap this game? And I know that you're this is going to be you're going to have actually an opinion on this with the best bets. But just when you look at uh, the side here of UCLA Oregon, what are your thoughts for this matchup? This is a, a fair fight. I mean, I love UCLA's rushing attack. I love their defense. They're stout against the run. I mean, this is a this is a, a real Bruins team. Oregon. I think doesn't get a lot of credit right now because they lost so many guys. And they ended up losing a game to Stanford where they had like 10 starters out, and at least for all or part of that game. And now they're starting to get healthy again. And you just look at the second half of the Cal game where Kayvon Thibodeau didn't play in the first half because of targeting, I think, but he wasn't fully healthy anyhow heading into that game. It seems like he's now rounding into form, and he was dominant in the second half against Cal. And I think with Thibodeau and Noah Sewell and those guys – playing at full speed for the Oregon defense together for the first time in a while. I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. But I see this being a little bit lower scoring, I think, than other people see it. Uh, I, I love the matchup, TC. Yep. Uh, Oregon lost on an untimed down. They were up seven. Uh, Stanford scored. Got the and Maybe they're down eight. I don't remember. They, they scored uh, on a, a questionable pass interference call, put, the, put it down on the one-yard line, scored, then won in overtime, Stanford, in that game. Uh, Oregon has been a little banged up, and they have not been able to move the ball steady. And so uh, they've been, you know, a lot of three and outs. And so if they can control the ball a little more and keep their defense off the field, uh, it, they, they should be a lot more competitive here. Uh, UCLA win was awesome last week against Washington. It really was. I recorded the game after the Power of Love went over, went home and watched the whole game, and they gutted it out. I mean, that is a tough place to play at night, and they went up there and they won that game, and I said, wow, that is a testament to this team. So now they got everybody watching. They got everybody watching. Game day's there. Right. Uh, everybody's excited. It's it's like the LSU game again. Can they come out and they, can they punch Oregon in the face early and dictate the terms and play their game and not turn over the ball? They can be right there, but this is this. I mean, the spreads like basically pick them, uh, and it really should be. So uh, I'm really excited to watch this game. Uh, sometime around when proud Pedro, I'll have to you know put in the corner, but then I'll be ready to go. I'm a little surprised you didn't put this in the rotation. I mean, you know, VGK game tonight. Uh, you know, Raiders on Sunday, and then the VGK doubleheader going on. Why, why didn't you sandwich this in the quick trip to LA to go to the Rose Bowl to see your Bruins? Well, I got Jerry the dentist here, and we're going to. Uh, it'd be very difficult to get back for Billy Idol for that night. <laughs> But uh, I could have done it, and I got a I got a money game tomorrow for pickleball. That's true. I got a money, a money game. game. I got a money game at eleven thirty. So, tomorrow, so, so Trevor, if you had a choice, would you would you would you go money game pickleball, Billy Idol <laughs> concert, or UCLA Oregon at the Rose Bowl? Oh, this is easy, <laughs> Billy 
idol. <laughs> Are you kidding? Nunchuck, what a that would be. Yeah. I mean, you could play money pickleball every day. You know, you can get to the Rose Bowl all the time. It's not like there aren't tickets available in a 100,000-seat stadium that has averages 40 or whatever. But Billy Idol coming through town? Man, you paint your face, you spike your hair, and you throw down. There you go. Billy Idol here at the Chelsea. That's it. Right here in Saturday night. Cosmopolitan. If you, if you can get here in time. Uh... Trevor, come on out. I got, I got a seat for you. He's got a seat for you. Oh, man. Listen, when I make TC money and have a private jet, I will fly <laughs> out there and join you all day. I don't know. Brian knows a guy at WestJet. I don't think WestJet flies out of – I know. Hush, hush. I don't think WestJet flies out of Nashville, Tennessee. Do they, uh, Trevor? I don't know. Uh, you, you, you see, I drive. Everywhere. That's right. He does drive. He drives. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He does drive. I, I have, He's I like have 470,000 miles on my little car. So. Yeah. He, he is the he is the modern day John Madden. He, he's he's traveling in the, in the Trevor Mobile. There it is. That's impressive. Coast to coast, border to border. Trevor Madden, ladies and gentlemen. You see great parts you know, of the I'm going to get a. I'm going to get like a magnetic sign like you see on construction trucks and have it just be my head and put it on the side of my car. That would be actually hilarious. I think that'd, I'm going to try that. That would be a tax write-off, too. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but imagine that audit. Why do you have a magnetic Trevor head? Well, let me explain. Well, you put the ESPN logo on the side, you're good to go. It becomes a tax write-off, plain and simple. Yeah, and another reason to not go to the UCLA game, by the way, is that unlike Tennessee where the fans are close to the field, yeah. The Rose Bowl, you're a long ways away. It's hard to throw stuff all the way out in the field at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I got a bad rotator cuff. So yeah. It might be a little rough for me. <laughs> That's right. That's a... <laughs> hey, but, but guys, as Brian knows, the food options, glorious around Pasadena. Listen, glorious food options. Old Town. you got to love Old Town. Right. Love it. Love it. Yeah. You know probably something about that, don't you, Trevor? You've been around Pasadena. You know what? No, no, listen, we played my junior year. We played at UCLA, and we stomped them, so yay. <laughs> uh, and actually, this offseason, uh, I drove my wife by the Rose Bowl. And, you know, she was wondering why I was so excited for her to see it. And as soon as we, you know, drove down the street and it, the trees kind of ended and you could see the Rose Bowl out there, she was like in awe. Took yeah. pictures. It was great. Yeah. It it is time for me, it's time for me to update my profile picture because uh, I've got a stock one that I took a couple of years ago there in front of the Rose Bowl. It's a beautiful shot, just like Trevor's talking about. you got the trees. you got the blue sky. you got the Rose Bowl, the logo, the picture of the rose there outside. The it's, it's beautiful. i, I got to update that one. An underrated tailgate experience there, too, on yeah. the golf course. So you yes. say. That's yes. right. Underrated. That's right. The golf course is right there. Yes. Now is a perfect time. Early in the year, it's a little hot there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Maddich, you can catch him on ESPN, of course, on the television side uh, usually on on thursdays and fridays and then saturday he does the marathon on espn radio where he's got uh, about 22 uh, big screens in, in the studio there and he's uh, talking about the games as they unfold so we will talk to trevor at the bottom of the hour because trevor's got some best bets he went with a theme last week i believe with road favorites right and uh, yeah. this 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 week uh, he's got another theme and we'll let him unveil his theme during the best bet segment next hour how's that Perfect. All right. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, DC. And, Brian, I want the after-action report on that Billy Idol concert. Can't yeah. wait to hear it. You got it. And then we're parlaying that to uh, Raiders and Knights on Sunday. So that's a fun a fun weekend. There you go, man. It's a trifecta. Nice. There it is. All right. Trevor Maddich uh, joins us. All right. We are live at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas right here on this Friday afternoon. A little football Friday. A little baseball Friday. Horse racing Friday. It's all happening. VGK Friday as well, too, at T-Mobile Arena as the Edmonton Oilers visiting in town. What do you think? Maybe 
5,500 orange and blue Oh, sure. yes, easy. Round easy. 55, second. And today's, today's the one you want to get involved in the uh, uh, 49 or 51-49 drawing. Oh, that's true, because they, Edmonton, they're, Edmonton, they're on the charts. Edmonton loves a 50-50 drawing. Yeah, they do. Yes, they've yeah. got like $10 million there. Have, have you won one yet? I have not, but yeah. tonight's the night I'm going to win one. <laughs> there, there you go. Tonight's the night I'm going to win one. Come home with the money. There it is. All right. <laughs> Speaking of my money, my man Matthew Holt, he's he's ready to roll. He's coming on and joining us. Try to make some money for us here from the handicapping side, the U.S. integrity. We will go ahead and uh, start handicapping more college, the NFL, best bet segment coming to the bottom of the hour. It is the T.C. Martin Show live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. 